Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmain Allahümme allimna ma yenfa'una Venfa'na bima allemtena Ve zidna ilmen nafi'a Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan Varzukna ittiba'a وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهِ Esselamu Aleyküm ve Rahmetullahi ve Berekatuhu Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This inşallah is going to be the third episode in the series. Those who have listened to the first two will remember that the first few episodes of the series are going to be of an introductory nature about Bediüzzaman Said Nursi and his work, the Risale-i Nur Compendium. Following that, the recordings in this podcast series, inshallah, are going to be based on reading the Risale-i Nur, trying to understand it, uh, providing clarifications and explanatory notes. Uh, but primarily reading the Risale-i Nur side by side in Turkish and English. The first episode was titled, What is the Risale-i Nur? The second episode was titled, Who is Bediüzzaman Said Nursi, the author of the Risale-i Nur? And the third episode today, inshallah, is going to be about why read the Risale-i Nur? This information, again, is provided on the reflections-rn.org website. Bismillah. Why read the Risale-i Nur? The Messenger of God, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Actions are according to intentions. This obviously is one of the most famous hadith uh, traditions of uh, the Prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Actions are according to intentions. Intentions are what define what you acquire. Maybe along with other things, but primarily intentions define what we acquire from our actions. In that case, the essential question to answer in thinking about the benefit one might expect from reading the Risale-i Nur depends on the reader's intention. The Risale-i Nur is an innovative work of dialectical theology, or kalam, that expands the boundaries of the science and resolves many questions that have been left unresolved by former theologians. It also offers invaluable and original insights about the methodologies of the sciences of Quranic exegesis, tafsir, and prophetic traditions, hadith. Thus, the students and scholars of the sciences of Islam can read it, the Risale-i Nur, to improve their understanding of these sciences and familiarize themselves with some of the most cutting-edge arguments and positions in their respective fields. So that's one intention that one might have while reading the Risale-i Nur. That's one objective that one might pursue while reading the Risale-i Nur. 
The Risale Nur is also one of the best Quranic commentaries ever written in the history of Islam. An academic researcher working in the field of Islamic studies, who may or may not be Muslim, who specializes on the exegetic genre, can read it, the Risale Nur, to evaluate its place among the among other Quranic commentaries. So that's also possible. The Risale Nur is a literary masterpiece that preserves the classical Turkish of the Ottoman era despite the radical simplification of the Turkish language as a result of republican policies in Turkey. Thus, one can even read the Risale Nur to get a sense of the transformation of the Turkish language since the early 20th century. So that's also possible. However, the real benefit to be sought in reading the Risale Nur lies in an incomparably more urgent matter and higher intention, and that is to attain certainty in faith, to preserve it, and to increase in it. Death is certain to come, and the final judgment is not to be avoided. Each and every human being needs certainty in faith in this world to escape the bitter expectation of ultimate annihilation upon death. So that's certain. Each and every human being needs certainty in faith in this world. So this is not about the hereafter yet, right? In this world, to escape the bitter expectation of ultimate annihilation upon death so that they can enjoy the blessings of life. How can one enjoy life while one is constantly aware of an ultimate annihilation that's coming closer and closer? So that's, that's something that we really need certainty in faith for. In addition, and obviously uh, more importantly, in the hereafter, each and every human being needs certainty in faith to escape eternal suffering in hellfire and to win eternal bliss in paradise. This is no small matter. We are talking about eternity, no end, forever. Eternal bliss or eternal torment? What makes the difference between the two? The switch is certainty in faith. One who has certainty in faith, one has sound faith, inshallah, is destined for paradise. One who does not, unfortunately, may God protect us from it, is destined for hellfire. God does not want to torment his slaves. He wants them to know him. He wants them to turn to him. He wants them to meet him in paradise. Thus, he has sent us his words in the form of the Qur'an and other holy books as well as scrolls before it. He has made signs that point to him manifest in the creation. He has also sent messengers to explain all the signs that he has placed in his revealed books and in the book of creation to guide us to him. Muhammad is the seal of messengers, the last prophet whose light carried through all prophets and illuminated reality with a capital R. Yet, 
he was a slave of God and he died. He left scholars behind as the inheritors of his message and his light now carries through his inheritors. His message and his character was the Quran. The Quran is God's eternal word that is not bound by time or by place. It is an eternal address to all those who have understanding at all times and at all places, all together and one by one. Each time and each place and each individual in each time and each place have their share in this. In that case, each and every person in each and every time and place need to open their understanding to the Qur'an's address and find their ways to God with it. The inheritors of the Messenger of God وسلم, unfold the intricacies and hidden gems of that address for the believers and for humanity at large in accordance with the preparedness of their respective times and circumstances. So the Qur'an addresses each time and place and the inheritors of the Prophet ﷺ unpack the specific addresses of the Qur'an to each and each time and place in accordance with the preparedness of their time and place. There's a general message. There's a universal message. And within that universal message are hidden specific messages to each and every time and place and even to each and every individual. That's one aspect of the meaning of universal. It is not only general, but it's also specific. So in our time, in our time, Badu'uz Zaman Said Nursi is one of the foremost among those inheritors of the prophetic message who unpack the gems and hidden secrets and messages and specific instructions of the Quran. And he does that in the Risale-i Nur. In the Risale-i Nur, Ustad Nursi takes his readers gently by hand and guides them through the messages of the Quran as the revealed book and the world out there as the created book. He guides them to an understanding of the messages of the Quran as the revealed book and the messages hidden, written in the creation as the created book. All Mufassirun, all those who explain the Quran to us in accordance with the inheritance of the Prophet wasallam, do this. They explain us the text and they explain how the text enlightens the, the, the lived experiences that we have. Right? So Badu Zaman Said Nursi takes his readers gently by the hand. And this is important, gently by the hand. There's a pedagogical method involved in the way he uh, writes and addresses his readers gently by the hand and guides them through the messages of the Quran as the revealed book and the world out there as the created book. He, 
Ustad Nursi shows them, his readers, the signs, explains their meanings, and patiently helps his readers understand. Those signs point to God. The more one understands them, the more one knows God. The more one knows God, the better one worships God. And that is the ultimate purpose of our existence in this world. As God says in the Quran that he created the jinn and mankind only to worship him. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim Wa ma khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa liya'abudun Surat al-Dariyat The 51st chapter of the Quran Verse 56 God says in the Quran that he created the jinn and mankind only to worship him. That's the ultimate purpose. And what leads us to God is understanding those signs and therefore knowing God better and therefore worshiping God in a way that he is more deserving of. Therefore, therefore, in intending to attain, preserve, and increase in faith by reading the Risale-i Nur, one intends to fulfill the essential function of being human. That is, again, to know and worship God, to be a faithful slave to Him. Faith is not a commodity that one can obtain once and keep unchanged forever. It has degrees. It can increase and it can decrease. It can lose its purity and it can be God protect us, it can be lost. Satan chases believers throughout their lives to steal their faith. Therefore, believers need to be armed and protected to keep their faith. Moreover, they need to nurture their faith to increase in it and travel nearer to God. We live closer to the end of times. We live closer to the end of times and as time goes by preserving and nurturing faith becomes more difficult for the believers Ustad Nursi says that removing misguidance that originates from ignorance is easier than removing misguidance that originates from knowledge which we should understand as misguided knowledge that only increases one's ignorance one in a thousand fell into misguidance out of knowledge in the old times, and one in a thousand of those could possibly be brought to guidance through persuasion. Yet, since the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution, the most formidable challenge to faith and religion has been originating from science and the educated elites. Global improvements in communications have brought that challenge to each and every home and modern schooling has even made it a staple of our upbringing. The ease and comfort that modern technology offers has led human beings to a state of constantly deepening attachment to the material world and its distractions, especially in the form of entertainment. And nation-states have taken down the institutional structures and boundaries that previously preserved the sanctity of religions. Mere imitation, that is, being socialized into a believing community, is rarely sufficient to preserve certainty in faith under these circumstances. There were times and places where this was sufficient. 
being socialized into a believing community was sufficient for one to preserve the purity of one's faith throughout his or her life. But the level of exposure that surrounds us today renders that almost impossible. And we need to actively nurture and protect our faith. And even if it were sufficient, even if it merely being socialized into a believing community was sufficient, those communities are fast disappearing under the pressures of urbanization and industrialization today. Where can you find one? Very difficult, very difficult. Thus, preserving faith requires a level of persuasion that is understandable and convincing for every individual who faces the tribulations of the times that we live in. This is not about logical argumentation alone. It is very rare for disbelief to originate from conviction in the absence of God. This is an important nuance. It is very rare for disbelief to originate from conviction in the absence of God. Rather, what characterizes the state of most disbelievers is the absence of a conviction in the presence of God. And that is often caused by the afflictions of the compulsive soul, that is nafs, such as pride, habit, or mere unwillingness to submit to a way of life that is shaped by the will of a superior divine being. Therefore, for persuasion to work, it needs to be addressed not to the intellect alone, but to all human faculties, such as the compulsive soul and the heart, along with the intellect. It needs to break the resistance of the compulsive soul and polish the heart to become a clear mirror to reality. Persuasion needs to break the resistance of the compulsive soul and also polish the heart to become a clear mirror to reality. The convincing proofs of the Risale Nur open a gateway through the intellect and the imagination to the heart and the compulsive soul and persuades them as well. In an age when science and education subconsciously ingrains positivism in our thinking, that is, renders us unable to believe in what we do not see, the risale Nur builds on the Quranic command to behold the signs of divine unity in the creation and helps us see God manifest in wherever we turn. Right? Positivism put very simply and crudely, you believe in what you see and therefore you don't believe in what you don't see. So in a context where we are all um, afflicted to some level, afflicted by this tribulation, the Risale Nur builds on the Quranic command to behold the signs of divine unity in the creation and helps us see God manifest in wherever we turn. Then it shows the heart and the compulsive soul the ugliness of living in a state of disbelief and the beauty, the beauty that is discerned in the creation through the light of faith here 
and now and here and now is important because that's what the compulsive soul is going to be attracted to the reciting nur both convinces and educates the intellect and addresses the heart and the compulsive soul through the intellect and imagination to train and cure them as such it does not only explicate the verses of the quran but also mirrors the Qur'an's pedagogy in guiding God's slaves back to God. It does not tell its readers to leave the world, which only one in a thousand can possibly do at this time, maybe even not that, but it tells them to look at the world with a fresh Qur'anic perspective and to witness divine will and power all around. Like the Qur'an, the risale nur takes its readers through a journey from human self to the horizons of the cosmos, from an observation of subatomic particles to an investigation of the galaxies, from the trees to the stars, and on and on and on. In the process, it helps its readers acquire a sense of presence before God by persistently exposing His unity, divinity, and mercy manifest in each and every creation and in the entire creation altogether. We read the Risale-i-Nur because it helps us take this Quranic and prophetic journey. So in a nutshell, we read the Risale-i-Nur because it helps us take this Quranic and prophetic journey. And importantly, it helps us do this in a Quranic and prophetic way. It keeps us within the broad highway of the Ahlul Sunnah. Ahlul Sunnah, i.e., the consensus that emerges from the centuries-long investigation of scholars, Sufis, and Gnostics to understand and implement the prophetic message in the most authentic way. Ustad Nursi renovates and reinvigorates the sciences of Islam and the believer's ability to live in the light of those sciences. But he does not innovate as to stray from the blessed traditions of the timeless community of believers, the Ummah. As such, his teachings that are contained in the Risale Nur offer a fresh, sound, and safe way to God. And this is important. Fresh, sound and safe a safe way to god that embraces and is able to benefit all all travelers to god regardless of which specific path they take in their individual journeys as long as they remain loyal to the prophetic example Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhirud dawahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha